Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, and welcome to The Banging Book Club, our monthly podcast where we discuss books about sex. I'm Hannah Witten. I'm Lucy Moon. And I'm Lena Norms. And this month we read Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus by John Gray. Oh, John. (laughs) How did you like that intro, guys? We're getting profesh. I felt like I was on the radio. Yeah. Mm. Guys, 20 years from now, women's hour, I think we could take it over. Oh my God, yeah. Seriously. I prefer One year from now. discs. We're to wait for them to die. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're national institutions. It's oh true. Maybe cut that out. You know, no, 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 I'd leave that in. <laughs> okay, so... No one from Radio 4 is going to be hiring us. <laughs> that's true. Sorry, guys. Um, first of all, before we properly discuss this book, sound reviews, everyone. Hannah, I feel like you've got oh. a sound inside you. <laughs> Do let it out. Okay, my sound is... I was going to make an angry noise as well. Yeah. Like a... Okay. Mine was disappointment. Yeah. Mm. Just teacherly disappointment. I think like... mine was that at first, and then by the end it was just... Like, yeah. yeah, mine definitely morphed into anger the more I read. It's more like like a teacher would be like, oh, you're young, you should know better, but you're young. This is my... You're old... You should know better, but you are old. You're old. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, that's old. why I'm disappointed. How old is he? John well, Gray. I don't know, but I'd like to point out that sometimes, in fact, I think on more than one occasion, the author of the book has listened to the podcast. So, sorry, John, this might be a bit scathing if you're here. But However old you are, I imagine we will not be invited to your old birthday party no. <laughs> after this podcast. But also, this book was written 24 years ago. So maybe his opinions have changed since. <clears throat> True. However, 1992, I'll situate in the situation, Gender Trouble was already written by Judith Yeah, Butler. this mm. is true. 2010, <laughs> okay, um, Delusions of Gender by Cordelia Fine hadn't come out and that did definitely prove that gender wasn't a thing. But, I mean, historically, you're embarrassingly close to it being inaccurate. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean? These conversations were definitely happening. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh no, but I'm like, saying that maybe because it was so long ago, he's changed since. Oh yeah. yeah, maybe. But I think maybe excusing this, I don't know, you tell me. Do you think excusing this because of the time it's in is enough? No. Cuz oh, no. I don't think No, no, no. I would excuse it if it was in the 70s or the 60s, but it not reads the 90s. Like, it reads like stuff I read for uni set in the 60s, not set mm. in, written in the 60s. But I think maybe we're giving the 90s too much credit because it was only in 91 where marital rape was made illegal. Oh, yeah. Don't so actually... And it, but this is... <laughs> but in terms of marriage... Of revolution, John. I guess, well, with marriage counselling, he would have only done marriage counselling with men and women. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if he even acknowledges the existence of gay people. No. Not any part that I read. Yeah. And what what planet would they live on? <laughs> Uranus. <laughs> Look, oh, he's an emotional geographer. He was dealing with two specific planets. Don't ask him to do more, guys. An emotional geographer. Okay. Like, I'm gonna write I'm gonna write a follow-up called We're all from the solar system. <laughs> oh my god. Or like Brilliant. Um, John Gray must die. <laughs> like John Tucker must die. Oh no. That um, took me a little boy. while. <laughs> but speaking of the uh, no existence of gay people in this book, um, and just generally, it is completely about heterosexual relationships. Mm. And it very much stereotypes um, men and women. But he, I don't know if you picked up on this, but mm. like in the introduction, he acknowledges that he's going to be making grand sweeping generalizations yes, about does. men and women in about two or three sentences yeah so yeah he he yeah it's just like two or three sentences and then it, then it's like let's we t- i did it tick, tick that box okay moving that, on. maybe that's the publishing disclaimer yeah like, john you've got to add something but he so he says i'm gonna be making generalizations um and this is just the way that men and women are in this book, we're not really going to discuss why they're this way, whether it's biological, social, cultural. Like, he just dips... So, um, if you can prove it, John, that's yeah. not what we're talking about. So he, like, just... dips his toe in of being like, could, like, nature versus nurture, that's not the debate we're going to have here, but just whatever. Mm. So he acknowledges that we don't know why men and women are like this, if we can say that they are like this in the book. But then the rest of the book... His language is all about how this is how we naturally are. And I'm like, John, though. But you, just, you said at the beginning, it, it could also be nurture. <laughs> there's nothing inquisitive about his tone. There's no. nothing humble about it. And there's something terribly daily male about the way he says facts. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but also, um, he says this thing that made me laugh so much, um, <laughs> which was... He's like, you may be reading this book and you may see yourself reflected in some of these scenarios and descriptions and all of this stuff, um, but you might also find yourself reflected in the descriptions of the opposite sex. This is what I call role reversal. Yeah! John! <laughs> that's what everyone calls it! That's oh like, who's that? And did he just... It's like Miranda. Yeah, Her exactly. mum is like, it's what I call afternoon tea. It's like, <laughs> everyone calls it afternoon tea! <laughs> Oh my god. And I was like, D- you didn't just invent <laughs> role reversal. <laughs> but also the assumption that like I can experience one officially, according to John, masculine characteristic in my relationship and thus I am deemed like wrong. <laughs> like yeah. that part of me doesn't work like a woman. <laughs> no. Hilarious. Um, ladies, How... do we want to explain what this book is about <laughs> no, to the viewers? <laughs> to the well, viewers listeners. I want to say what it's about, and then I want to I want to see what we if we got what we thought we were going to get. Okay. Okay. Once upon a time, Martians and Ve- Vene- Venetians. I Venetians. never understood how to pronounce Venusians. Is how I was Venusians. saying. Venusian. What were you saying? I was almost saying Venetians. Then I remember but Venetians people from Venice. Like... <laughs> Venusians. Venus, Venus, because it's Venus. Venusians. I don't know. Mm. She's right. The premise of the book, yeah, is that men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Feels obvious, but I'll unpack this metaphor from you because I'm not I'm not going to lie. It's a bit of a woolly one. <laughs> Supposedly. Not only that, not only that, but he manages to bring it in in great detail in every single chapter. 
So he it's says, not doesn't get taken lightly. Using this metaphor to illustrate the commonly occurring conflicts between men and women, Dr. John Gray explains mm. how these differences come between sexes and prohibit mutual fulfilling loving relationships. La 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 la. His promise is... Um, this book is an invaluable tool for the development for de- deep, developing deeper and more satisfying relationships. So it's a tool. Well, it's a self help book, isn't it? Yeah. It's your. It's Do you know maybe what? I'm going to contest self help book. The word self help book, right? A self help book would be a CBT diary. Any self help book. It's not you. You're not helping yourself. <laughs> All you did was buy it. Somebody else is helping you. <laughs> I'm like, do you know what I mean? I'm like, no self-help book is a self-help book. You are asking somebody else to help you. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But is it not teaching you how to help yourself? Yeah, maybe. As opposed to... Anyway, do you really think... When Mm. we picked this book, I remember sitting down on the floor... Yeah. You know, almost a year ago now, and being like, wouldn't it be funny if we read, like, a vintage self-help book? And we talked about reading... um, He's Just Not That Into You. We talked about reading The Game, and we settled on this Mm. one. Mm Mm-hmm. I regret everything. <laughs> no, I I'm genuinely really thought it'd be glad. <laughs> I've yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the big problem, oh, isn't yeah. it? It it is a shit book. Like even as self help books go, I'm not sure how many. Sorry, mm. self help books, Lena. I hope that's okay <laughs> with you. Um, <laughs> it just bothers me. I'm like, but even in terms of self help books, this is shockingly bad in terms of how repetitive it is. In terms of how totally unengaging it is, even as someone in a relationship. A heteros- heteronormative, do yeah. I mean that? Heterosexual. You're in a heterosexual relationship. There we go. I'm in a heterosexual relationship <laughs> and relatively Did any of this, this apply book, to you? Um, so that was really interesting because I was obviously reading it through the eyes of someone in a relationship with a man. And on the whole, I think no is the best word. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. um, there were parts of it where I was like, uh, I'd always compare it. You know, I was always mm. going back to my relationship and going, oh, could any of this be embedded in But truth? then you're also, like, projecting. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was something I really didn't want to do, is start to take the advice and go, oh, he's just going into his cave. Better not Imagine annoy the dragon. Up. Imagine if you turned up to this recording and been like, so we just broke up oh <laughs> because I read God. this book and I tried to do it. And... Oh, my God. Wow. Well, this is the thing. Like, a lot of this stuff I see in myself, um, the, the most obvious one is trying... Uh, not not trying to change someone, but trying to kind of improve them. The mm. self-improvement side of it, really seeing myself. And I think, to me, as a person, that comes kind of naturally. To, mm. like, want someone to be the best that they can be. Mm-hmm. And so offering unsolicited advice, because that's what I do with women that I'm friends with. And with men that I'm friends with quite a lot. You don't um, give me unsolicited advice. I want some. Give me some. <laughs> Improve me, Lucy. <laughs> yeah. How can I be better? Maybe, maybe I only do it to Shay. That's oh my god, concerning. maybe we're your perfect friends. <laughs> <laughs> There's also nothing to possible. improve. But I think... <laughs> Have we got two singles? <laughs> Way too single. Nobody's improved um, me for years. But there's just a definite feeling of like... Um, and every, but, but like, it's just teaching you communication. And I... We communicate really well. Mm. And so it's kind of common sense-ish yeah. like I'd never there are some of the examples in the book like for example your partner's late and you go what time do you call this like I'd never do that I'd always <laughs> just be like oh you're a little bit late I'd really appreciate it if you could tell me next time and, and he'd go yeah okay yeah, sure thing yeah. sorry I, think, I didn't realize also like, I normally find that if someone's running late when they finally show up 
if they're a decent human, they start the interaction with, I'm sorry I'm late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, this is why I'm late. I thought there was than... a lot of us excusing just generally rude people. Yeah. I was like, who so if you marry? It's across in this, oh like, all men are planks. Like, I don't get yeah. it. Not my, all men are like this. One I'm of, glad that I don't recognise many men in this. Oh, mm. God. Yeah, one of my favourite things in it was the, just the fact that um, often when it was explaining why disagreements might happen or arguments might happen or miscommunication might happen, the all of the examples it gives is she's mad because he did something wrong. Mm. I'm doing inverted commas of wrong. Um, he never he really flips it in that he's mad that she does something wrong. He mm. like mentions that that could happen but doesn't really give the extensive examples that he gives for the other way around. And I'm just like... At what point... Okay, so he's like, here are all the things that your husband does wrong and here's how to deal with them properly rather than actually getting mad at him. And it's like, but what if your husband's actually a dick? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, it's like, be patient and do all this stuff. Like, But what if this is just a, a person that's just like doing idiotic things poor bonnie this is a passive aggressive letter to bonnie to be like treat me better yeah the one thing that really pissed me off in terms of yeah this like men women interaction is the examples of the conversations that he would give especially when the man retreats to his cave i'm saying that in inverted commas because what bullshit um (laughs) we need when he retreats um he doesn't actually distance you know he doesn't go into a space and distance himself which i think would be totally fine he um, she's saying, how was your day? He's going, fine, and stuff, and being like, um, yeah, it was good. And just, like, totally cutting her off on every sentence. If someone did that to you, to me, I'd be like, that's really rude. Yeah. Mm. Go, you know, if you, if you feel like you're gonna be a dick, distance yourself and go in a different room, or, like, go do something different. Don't be a, yeah. don't take it, because that is taking out I feel like someone. he's the, the, the cave's a metaphor, and I'm like, can the cave be a physical place, yeah, please? I Could you literally, if you're going to go in your cave, literally go in your cave. Yeah, exactly. I'm totally yeah. the same. Um, speaking of metaphors, <laughs> can we dive into the Mars-Venus metaphor? Can we not? <laughs> I, think okay, I've, bye. I think I've done a full swim to the depths Go of into your cave, Lucy. <laughs> I just, yeah, um, we've rinsed it. Here's, here's my thing is that reading this book, it got to the point where I genuinely thought I was reading science fiction. Mm. <laughs> he gets quite immersed in the he metaphors. Gets really oh immersed in the metaphors. Spaceships. And... Yeah, so the Martians on Mars, um, everyone gets really depressed on their respective planets, basically. They're super happy and then they get depressed and they have no idea why they're depressed. And then the Martians build telescopes and they see these Venetians, Venus, on Venus. And they're like, oh my god, my depression is lifted. I, I like, I'm in love, and we're gonna go and love these Venusians. And all the Venusians have a dream where they're like, oh my god, there's Martians are coming to love us, um, and that lifts their <laughs> depression. All the men can use telescopes, really bad while the women have to dream. Right. It. And, yeah. then, and then the Martians build spaceships, obviously, mm. and go to to Venus <laughs> naturally. <laughs> And then they all fall in love, and they're no longer depressed, and they all travel to Earth together. <laughs> As a history student, I'm, a, I'm offended. <laughs> what did you think of one other metaphor? Um, so f- main, okay, my main thing is that his whole idea behind the basis of why men and women can't communicate is because we were born on separate planets, we were raised on separate planets, and then we came together... 
and so we speak different languages. And I'm like, in what reality are men and women raised separately? Unless they it's might like, be raised in different styles, yeah. but like most of most of the yeah. planet has at least one like other gender and, in their family. Like, and yeah. even if from teenagehood, which I know happens with, uh, especially in like non-Western cultures, people like uh, teenage adolescent boys and girls are kept separate. You've still been socialized with boys and girls, yeah, from a young age. So just because of that this metaphor doesn't work like it doesn't work yeah, it's, it's just absolutely flawed. ridiculous and then um that also that's not how depression works yeah oh so God. i um, think i don't I like i'm like i that. was just like i almost got to that point and i was like i looked at this book and i looked down and i was like, this is a piece of history before we realized that masculinity was in crisis yeah <laughs> Do you know what i mean i'm like we just thought it was a cave okay like oh my it's so enabling Where's to, sorry, and so but also so like it's really like simplifies male depression there's this really interesting bit where he describes how <laughs> men get really uh when a man feels effeminate on what he does <gasps> and it's really weird I remember it's that. really I shaming oh here it is uh this kind of man naturally develops more of his feminine side, but at the expense of suppressing some of his masculine power, <laughs> he is a sensitive <laughs> man. Oh my god! Yeah, so so he, he he tries hard to please and be loving, but loses a part of his masculine self in the process. Oh god, it's that trading, is isn't it? You can words. be loving and masculine, guys. <laughs> yeah, that is the crisis. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can be sensitive and masculine. Um, my other favorite thing, because one of the things that we were saying um, before we started recording was how repetitive this book is. Because I was just skimming towards the end. Cause in I was his like, defense. I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, but my favourite thing was, like, at the end of every point, when it was just like, what have we learnt from this bit? We're like, remembering that men are from Mars. I want to, like, search that. Remembering that men are from Mars. Yeah. I want to search that in the book and the amount of times that that phrase appears. I have a suspicion that he did a book contract and he had to deliver 50,000 words and he only had 30,000 yeah. words. And he was like, quick! Oh my Copy god, and paste. no, for real. No, um, really, and it feels like he was written by a, by a clever book. In his defence, right this made me chuckle. On the very, very last page, he points out... Education theory states that to learn something new, we need to hear it <laughs> 200 times. And didn't you make sure we did, John? And didn't you make sure we did? <laughs> oh, my God. But it could have been written by, like, a Microsoft Sam-level robot that's, like, you, you tell it the concepts. Yeah. And it writes it for you, couldn't yeah. it? No, but for real. Um, um, how, else, how do we feel about the planets? Metaphor. I think it really alienates. It's like... It's alienates aliens. <laughs> oh, <leave> it me do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a minesweeper. Um, oh, I need to think of some more like space jokes now. Don't, please anyway. don't try. Um, it creates this foreignness between genders, and like, is this really like, like your identity is inherently separate from somebody else? Mm. And mm-hmm. I just think it's it just really justifies distance. And but I guess I'm you know it's also from an age where people like married younger were more likely to marry people that were born nearer to them and, <laughs> and maybe they're not a perfect fit and they're not people that they naturally get on with it just it's excuses really sad, shit behavior like yeah like if a woman if if a woman if anyone is to meet their partner and they're late and be like and sass them out and but you're taught in the book that the partner uh, the man in this instance should just be really he should know what she really means to say 
is this. Mm. Or, or when a man retreats to his cave, what a, ro- a woman should really do is this. Mm. Can't we just not be dicks? <laughs> How much would you punch somebody if you said something to them and then they were like, what you mean to say is? Mm. <laughs> I can't think of anything less conducive to a healthy relationship than correcting. And also, surely this will lead to more suppression. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Th- just the general idea of, of these two separate entities and you have to read each other's minds, kind of, to really yeah, interpret it's like, what we're not talking saying. in, like, subtweeting. No. We just, sometimes we just say what we think. I don't know. Also, I think there were some bits that really did worry me that were kind of conducive to abusive relationships. So oh, really? this whole instructions on the very last chapter about how women should react. Um, to, so that basically the, the concept is that you should accept somebody's no so that one day they'll be more likely to say yes. Which oh, is a fucked yes. up concept in general. It was just like how to get what you want. So yeah. Like how to ask for things. Or like how to ask for support. That sounds like but then he, friends he made, Yeah, but he made examples where like a woman would ask her husband to do something even when she didn't need to so that he could say no so that she could say okay so then she was owed one. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? Oh my God, yeah. the whole Mind scoring games. points thing. Yeah. Wait, there was a scoring points thing? Like, like how to score points with the opposite sex and, oh and, and the different ways that men and women score points. So apparently women score one point for everything no matter how big or small the thing is. So like... You, um, oh my god, yeah, I've just come across, literally opened the book again. Yeah, and the way that men score points is for entirely different things and they'll score like big points or little points depending on what it is. Whereas a woman apparently will only score one point for each thing. The first one is he makes a mistake and she doesn't say I told you so or offer advice. So like, Yeah, that's worth 10 to 20 she, points for She man, makes apparently. a mistake <laughs> and then just, sh- he makes a mistake and she just doesn't tell him he's made a mistake. She yeah. just shuts up. That is, that's basically what the rest of them are. Yeah, so much of it's women being quiet, and so much of it is men uh, listening. Can we just go through a few for comedy effect to tell tell me whether this would give give a man a point? Hundred and one ways 101. to score points with a woman. We, we're not. I don't presume that anybody has that amount of time to read all of these points, but we'll I give didn't. you a few. I read like the first. Um, few. Let her know when you are planning to take a, take a nap or leave. What? <laughs> Oh it's my like, gosh! Just don't just fall down on the floor and like get knocked out, or don't just literally be on a date and then leave. Make sure you tell her you're leaving. Oh my god! Um, give her four hugs a day. That's my favorite. I live for that. You know, four hugs. My favorite Three? is you is, only get at one point. My favorite is um, it's hey, like it's, it, do you know what it is though? Like it's like a man is an alien and they've written an instruction book. It reminds me of my parents are aliens. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, it's like yeah. an alien trying to like live like a human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at the beginning of the list of ways to score points, it's got all of these points about communication and support and about needing to pull away and like when you've cool off, do this or like uh, apologizing or whatever. All of this communication stuff, and then it just goes. Offer to build a fire in wintertime. <laughs> and I was like, maybe that does belong on the list somewhere, but why did you choose to put it there? Also, John, if we're not allowed in your cave, how are we going to make sure the fire stays alight? Hey, are you going to leave us out in the cold and the rain? Ooh. You're going to start the fire and then leave in your cave? No. Metaphors. I want to do a quick Google on where John is now. Uh, obviously, as I say, can we start guys, a Tumblr account called Where John Is Now? Where is John and then like Gray. pictures of men lonely in caves. Wait, I just realised that his surname is Gray, like Christian Gray. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. 
Is it? Guys, should we read Fifty Shades of Grey next year? I definitely think we should, just because I might have already read it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Wait, I've, is I've he seen a philosopher? Film. Oh my god, he's listed as a philosopher. <gasps> Disgusting. Along with Disgusting. John Stuart Mill. Make sure you laugh oh, at god. her jokes and humour. How does the fuck does he count as a fucking philosopher? That is sorry if you're offended okay. by swearing. What else did I write down? Let's for have a questions? look at his okay. to make it productive. Okay, um, guys, let's talk about the cave. Should we, we talk about, about that? Have we talked about? No, it but we've not okay. explained to the listeners what the cave is. Okay, so the cave is a metaphor that comes it's up a lot. Him. Huh? It's not him. He's not the philosopher. Oh, okay, uh, it was wrong. Sorry. It's let's cool. continue. Okay, I'll look at this um, later. So it's implied that women think that men are hard and nasty and rude but actually they're just retreating into their cave and yeah. we should give them time in their cave to mull over things and wait for them to come back which is fine i think it's a character trait that a lot of people have mm-hmm. but it's not exclusive to men not no. exclusive to men everybody has a cave you have you go into your cave oh my god yeah i'm such a cave person Everyone i'm glad that you know that space. i really do I really yeah. am a cave person. Because when you need to make a big decision in your life you don't let other people influence you you just kind of go peace out guys I'm gonna solve this one on my own and then I will appear from my cave being like guys decided to uh, break up with my fiance yeah yeah I literally didn't tell anybody about that I literally just retreated into myself for three months and then emerged single oh my god after being engaged um but it's quite biblical, really. You know, when people go onto a, onto a mountain, and they think for forty days, and they yeah. come back, and they're like, "Guys, I've heard from God." Did you start uh, basically a Mormon? Well. <laughs> one of the things quite that, the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that really bothered me about the cave. Okay, so there's yeah. nothing wrong with having to retreat into yourself if you need to figure something out on your own. Mm. Like that's totally fine. A lot of people do it. Um, I do it for some problems and not others. Like whatever. Um, but just the fact that you assign this trait to men and then be like women this is how you deal with it um and then for women we have a well and we go in waves and the idea is that when a man is in his cave he doesn't want support he doesn't want to talk to anyone needs to be alone and when a woman is in the bottom of her well she needs love and she needs support and then there was this whole bit of going like well what happens when a man is in his cave and a woman is in her well at the same time and it was basically like sorry woman you got to deal with it yeah, I know. It's, it's just like it is women no, have to deal with you it. because to... the man couldn't return out of the cave in an emergency, could he? It was like there was no compromise, no meeting halfway. It's like when you're in relationships, sometimes one person needs support when the other person just like isn't able to give. But what you do is you either like you you take it in turns. You're like. I mentally, emotionally, or physically cannot give support right now, but I love this person and they need me, so I'm going to I'm going to do it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then the next time it happens, hopefully you take hope, turns. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Role reversal. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But what's interesting is, yeah, you're right. This picks up on a huge part of of a dynamic of the book is that it teaches men actual good coping uh, or like relationship mechanisms, like how to listen, how to be attentive. Which yeah. is for women, it's but very yeah, it might be useful. But if you're actually suffering people. from some of these problems, where you're, I guess, suffering <clears throat> in inverted commas. But if you're a woman, it tells you to shut up. That's it just tells you to yeah. like, oh, your man's behaving but badly. Like, That's just the way he is. Not it even teach you how to communicate. It's not even implicit. There's a list that says when to ask, what to say, and at the end of everything, it says so. He normally comes home and expects you to make dinner. You ask him to make dinner. He says no then graciously and simply say, okay. okay. And it continues like that. Oh, he he wants to eat TV in front of things, doesn't want to talk to you. 
Then he graciously says no, and uh, no, he says no, and then graciously and simply say okay. Um, you take out the bins every day. You ask him once to take out the bins. He says no. Then graciously and simply say okay. What? Yeah, but that the the reasoning behind that is the weird manipulation thing because then it means the next time you ask, um, he'll say yes or something. I don't know. That's like, but it's ridiculous because also just in all of the examples, the man is always coming home from work. And the woman is always doing housework. Do you remember that thing I said? And I was right like, this is the 90s. Reading. We've had the sexual revolution. Yeah. Do you remember the bit where they just named all of the, the man jobs of like oh. police officer, fireman, <laughs> well, like stuff like postman, the, the women don't have jobs. No, women. None of, the, none of the hypothetical women in this book have jobs. They really don't. That's why the hypothetical women. Just Bonnie. <laughs> Imagine if you'd use actual women. I bet you. Bo- well, they, as I was saying to you both earlier again, uh, when we were saying where is John Gray now, I went probably on his super yacht with Bonnie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because Bonnie's probably, probably left him loaded. by now. I hope so, Bonnie. I really <laughs> sorry. That's can really, I Google? They are it. actually real people. I really want to Google it and find out because I'm very so. He's Doctor John Gray, isn't he? <sighs> oh, um, John Gray. Men are from. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Bonnie, blink twice. Um, twice for a rescue. So oh one God. of my favorite metaphors in it, because it was so old-fashioned and so on the nose hmm. um is the knight in shining armor did you guys read that i didn't see this okay and you might i might have read it and you have to refresh my memory so there is a literal damsel in distress in a castle with a um dragon guarding it and a knight hears her and like goes and saves her and then they get married and live happily ever after or whatever and then he goes off on one of his missions then he comes back and there's a dragon attacking the castle and he's with his sword ready to slay another dragon and then she goes oh use this noose instead and he's all like oh what okay and then uses the noose and then that kills the dragon and it's all fine and then he goes off again and she's all like take the noose with you and he's like okay and then there was another dragon and he's like oh shit do i use the noose or the sword and then she goes here use this poison and he's like what and basically it's all about how she's not trusting him and not giving him the control and blah 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 and then she sounds like a resourceful hermione yeah Yeah. but then the other thing he then goes off on one of his 
next quests with his noose and with his sword. How many dragons are there his, in this land? And with his poison, oh and then he hears another damsel. He hears another woman screaming, and there's another dragon. Right. But she just let him use her, his sword. Yeah, so he goes and saves her and kills this dragon with his sword and just doesn't go back to his old wife and marries this woman. And then it says, um, what? and he made sure that he never told her about nooses and potions. <laughs> Oh, she's not allowed to I find out. Just, oh, don't give her books. She god. can't read. <laughs> oh my god, there's so much. I don't even know where to begin with that metaphor. Okay, what I think would be productive is to talk about if have you met anybody in your life that's to, that thinks like this? No. Okay, I well, probably. I really, probably. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but not like I don't know. Go on. They're of usually of a certain age. Tell me, Lena. This guy. Some of them may or may not be related to me, 64. but like, or they might. I might have encounter them in my professional life who can say we'll okay. leave it ambiguous for this podcast but i've definitely met people who are like this is how men are and this is how women are and that's why it works and why it's mysterious and beautiful yeah. is that also damaging yes i think also because it attributes extroversion to women and introversion to men because i think they this follow like... this model specifically because i think this is actually a relatively not unique but in how distinct these stereotypes are mm. um i'd say it does differ from the norm on, on some level like like mm. as you said the introversion versus the extroversion yeah i wouldn't say a lot of people would say those were masculine or feminine traits Mm-mm. but i yeah. would say stuff like um the ro- the financial roles and stuff were yeah because i think how do you how do you explain that gender is a performance and isn't really a thing and shouldn't really be talked about in this way to people who feel like they've seen so much evidence of it being true. Mm. Because I think there's lots of lots of people who would be like, women are always like this, they'll act this way, and like that's just how they'll be, and then you just have to say sorry, and then it's fine. Or like women will often be like, well, I feel like women will often be like, oh, that's what boys do, and they'll just like think about it for a while and they'll come back. Like, and then even the number of people who um will say online like they'll they'll retweet something. Some guy earlier today, you probably saw on my timeline, if you look at Twitter. Mm. Um, I muted you. (laughs) (laughs) Life crisis. Um, All the feminists have fallen. (laughs) They're muting each other. I'm silencing you, sorry. (laughs) Carry on, Lucy. I think he's a 19-year-old boy who calls himself a meninist on Twitter. Oh, classic. (laughs) Tweeted, I don't understand why people are asking for a tampon tax. Um, can't you just like uh, can't you just hold it in until you get home? Um, I mean, <laughs> men don't. What was it? Something about like holding your bladder in until you get home. So we thought we bled from our bladders, or we um, thought that we pushed it out, that we had control over it. But then you can take something like that and go, and so many people still do this. Go like retweet it and be like, oh my god, men are so stupid, or like, oh my god, yeah. fucking men are crazy, them crazy mm. dicks. <laughs> Great phrase, Lucy. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, so it's still done even now, even in feminist circles, we kind of... Oh, that's just men. Yeah, yeah. We, we do a thing of like, oh, men are so shit. If, if one man does something yeah. like shit. Yeah. I, I mean, we do it. that when... Pretty sure I've done that today. When, yeah, when I'm men are mean sure to us. Yeah, exactly. When men are mean to us, we're like, oh, it's not worth it. Boys are dumb. Boys, Boys. are stupid. But that's a coping mechanism. We don't actually believe that. Yeah, no, it's true. That's what I believe anyway. Mm. But I think it's interesting how like this gender stereotyping still even continues now, even if we can say rationally, like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. We still think of learned experiences and do compartmentalise to some extent about men but and it, women. But it is useful mm. for me to have a relationship with a man and compare it with my friend's relationship with a man. 
because I find that the behaviours can be similar. Mm. But I, I don't think that's, that's a learned behaviour, usually yeah. masculinity in crisis. <laughs> mm. um, and it's not... In the same way that I'm sure that men compare women, and hopefully they do it in a way that's like, do you ever feel like your girlfriend is really insecure about these things? How do you make her feel okay about it without patronising her? I hope those are the discussions that are happening. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's like, we're all trying to deal with the way that we've been brought up because I think we are still a generation that's been brought up with certain gender expectations. Oh, yeah, If definitely. not all of them. Yeah. And it's like, how do you navigate that without... Because without making generalisations, but also being... Like, using evidence to inform it. I don't know. No, I know what you mean. Um, I'd just like to interject and say Mm -hmm. that Grey married his current wife, Bonnie, in 1986 and is still happily married. So it works, guys. (laughs) But he did have a terrible (laughs) divorce beforehand. Yeah. So, um... He had a terrible divorce before Bonnie. Yeah, so that's what made him write the book, apparently. Because she was the maiden. I thought what made him write the book was the fact that um, his wife had a breakdown and then he hugged her. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that story. And he was like, I just realised she needed a hug. And I was like, are you dead inside? He was like literally about to walk out the house and leave his crying wife with a baby. Oh my God. And then, and then he had a revelation. Maybe. That actually she just wanted White some, man a hug and, and support. And then he was just like, oh my God, I just wasn't speaking her language. I was like, you got this far into the relationship? You married her? You've got a kid together? And you can't you tell she when she wants a hug? <laughs> Also, he has a really funny face. Um, <laughs> everyone, please look at um, John Gray's Let's not face. judge him on appearances, guys. Let's judge him on his book. Okay, back to the book. He kind of doesn't look like a thumb, though. <laughs> <laughs> How do people feel about the elastic band metaphor? Just... Oh, they're pulling in and coming back. I've never noticed it in men. But I've read about it in Princess Diaries. <laughs> I think I do it. Yeah, you think you're, I think I do. You I think you're the elastic. Band? Yeah, I like pull in really far, and then I'm like, oh, really yeah. interesting. I definitely don't. I'm at a relative constant on that front. I think here's the thing: I've done it, and I've experienced people that I've dated doing it. But I've also never gotten in my recent relationships. I've never gotten far enough into them to get the uh, snap back. No, mm. like so. You get close to someone, and then they retreat, and then we break up. Oh, really? Or mm. I get really close to someone, and then I retreat, and then we break up. We've never, like, got past gone past it. It's yeah. definitely a thing that yeah. happens that I've noticed in courting and, like, dating way more than I have in a relationship. Yes, I did just use the word courting. <laughs> know, we were both, like, smiling, but, like, yeah. cool. Don't make a joke about it. It's a cheap shot. Courting. <laughs> I'm so sorry how bad my feet smell, by the way. Can you smell That's them? all right. Mine no. do, too. Yes, oh my God. Can you smell my vagina? No. <laughs> <laughs> Can we keep that in? <laughs> yes, it smells like roses and puddles in May. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just... It smells like hope. <laughs> oh, dear. Is there anything else we need to discuss other than, uh, well, I guess elastic bands? It just feels a bit like a weird... I don't think all men are elastic bands. I just think needs more evidence that would be my feedback i'm just like that's cool but like every other book that we've read about sex whether we've liked it or we haven't has had way more facts in it than this one yeah and some of them are older they're not it's not an excuse the vagina book which was full of anecdotal Mm. evidence still had a lot of science backing whereas this was purely anecdotal do you feel but really like and also just his opinion yeah Hmm? do you feel like this book was for stupid people I did not. Feel I think like this book this was, was for was desperate written. people. Yeah, who are like, 
Cause about so to go through simplistic. a divorce. Yeah, I guess so, but like just the, the simplistic nature of the writing. It really of reminded the me of Cosmo magazine. Yeah. Like that kind of relationship level of yeah. like spice up your relationship by going somewhere new. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Go on. Okay, so I don't doubt that this man's seminars and classes and this book genuinely helped people. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about that? Does that make that the people that this book helped wrong? Maybe. I, I don't know. Because I read The Magic Art of Tidying, and while Sana thought it was a, ba- a, ba- a bag of balls, my words, not hers, <laughs> um, I still got rid of two-thirds of all of my stuff, and I'm super excited about that. I was going to say, maybe because... Um, let me lean forward. Sorry. Lean in. Um, Lucy, lean in. <laughs> maybe because um, of the fact that gender norms and gender expectations was so intense, theoretically. Well, this is angled at, what, 40-year-old people? Yeah, as we said, people on the brink of divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, People who are struggling to communicate with their man, probably because I doubt a man would read this. Although I think there's lots of, like, younger women that read it at the time. It was in, like, um, Bridget Jones' diary. And, like, it was, like, a thing that's, like... Yeah. No, you're right, you're right. I think it is The title is very um, appealing to everyone. Well, it's appealing to women. I love the fact that your copy, if we're going to do like a visceral description of the books, has the male and female sign behind it. And this really like, remember, they're linked, but they're different. And then it's called like a classic, over a million copies sold. The definitive guide. 15 million people bought this book. Yeah, but then I... 15 million people! (laughs) And I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm one of them as well. How bad. I'm going to recycle mine after this, by the way. I don't want anyone else to read it. Oh, that's... (laughs) Maybe what if you want to have a ceremony? Just put it in the recycling bin. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I might do it. I might video it. <laughs> just in posterity. Yeah, it's gonna be like the best like five second video. You could find it. Um, right. Sorry, trying to stay relevant with the kids. Uh, <laughs> maybe because um, a lot of people who this would probably potentially help their relationship. That was, this is terrible grammar, I'm so sorry. Because these people were probably within, or grew up within such gender norms and constraints and expectations, maybe they read it and it really, they really do feel like it, it matches their relationship. Mm. Because they see the problems that we can identify, because these are problems that you would probably experience within a marriage. Yeah. Uh, male or female, whatever. But they probably see that in them and then use it to contextualise because it's easier for them to contextualise it than for us because we are like, lol, what? And also, that was like, one thing I did find hard was to contextualise because I was reading a book about relationships, not being in a relationship and not being able to really remember my last one to kind of like figure that out. And even then, like you wouldn't, this would not be the kind of problems you would experience as an 18-year-old or a, a teen um, in a relationship. Yeah. This was, even me now... You wouldn't really... It was older. Yeah. It's older, definitely. It's got, like, powery money dynamics in it and stuff. Yeah. And coming home and living I together. Think, I think when you're desperate, you will identify with things that aren't necessarily actually accurate. So, like, if I'm sad and I listen to sad songs, I'm like, it's like the song is about me. Yeah. It's not about me. I'm just desperate. <laughs> um, that's how I feel about this. What would this book look like if it was written today? I have an idea for this. Go on. If it's a manual on how to communicate in relationships, right? I reckon it's the like the five love languages book. 
Ooh. I want to read that or something like that. Do you want to read that next year? Well, maybe we could. I think it's meant to be quite Christian because it's a Christian guy that wrote it, so it could be really interesting. Oh, I'd really cool. be interested. I know, I know. I wasn't, I wasn't, <laughs> we're saying, covered. I wasn't saying that. I was no, no, no. But it'd be like, yeah, yeah. Um, but my God, we should so read the Karma Sutra. Mm, I read that for my degree. It's not what you think it is. Okay. Oh, um, damn. Sorry. Got distracted. We'll just Google it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway. I think I think if it was written today, it would look more like personality theory and being like, okay, first figure out what personality type your partner is and what personality type you are and then figure out how what's the best way that those two personality types communicate. Yeah. yeah. And if it were... So not reducing it to men and women. If it was yeah. still using crazy metaphors, I'd say they'd probably be about crystals or something. <laughs> or like something really weirdly obscure. I think also just no metaphors. I think we need to scrap the metaphors. Oh, but that's, that's, that's half the book. <laughs> it really is. You really would only get a it's good 25,000 so words out of it And John Gray knew that. Yeah. He wants to double his money. Oh my um, God. I can't imagine it being published now. I'm sure there's stuff like it though. Maybe, maybe in like evangelical Christian circles kind of things. Mm. But nothing quite... This is so of its time. Or, like, of of not now. <laughs> yeah. Now we've progressed in terms of just discussing uh, non-heteronormative stuff so much, I think, in the past decade. Yeah. But then maybe I'm an optimist. Did we learn anything? Genuinely. Pick one thing that this book taught you. Genuinely, I'm trying to think. I'm, so I'm sure I did put something. In the context of my relationship, mm-hmm. it taught me that um, I'm doing something right, but <laughs> something that I was questioning, and being very, very patient okay, is patience. really important. Patience yeah. is so important. And even if you think you're right on something, you're no one really appreciates being questioned a lot or being told they're probably wrong about something, even if you think... You're right, because everyone yeah. thinks they're right. So having that patience and knowing when to hold back from um, what you think of as constructive criticism or or just uh, yeah. pointing out something that maybe doesn't need to be pointed out right at that point in time. Mm. Yeah, that's what I learned, is that good Lucy, keep holding that shit back every until it's the right time. Nice. Mm. All I can think about is the difference between would and could. Because he has a whole bit about that in terms of the language that women oh, use. Oh, yes. Could you do that? Could you do this instead of would you do this? Um, oh. So apparently saying would and will is better than could or can. Oh. But I thought which, that could which, and can uh, were softer. So like, that's why we use yeah. them. But which, in the, in the context of the book, I hated. But just me being all like, ooh, language is interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. think- I really liked that. Um, yeah. Because it's about how, like, if you say, could you do this or can you do this, it's asking about someone's ability to do it, and then a man would be offended because he's like, of course I can, I just don't want to. Whereas if you say, would you or will you, it's actually asking, like, are you going to do this? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like asking a question that they can respond to. Anyway, Did you not get told off in school? when If I if someone says, um, can I go to the toilet, our teachers would be like, well, you, you can. can. <laughs> but are you going to go <laughs> yeah, right like, now on the true, floor? Though. So it's like, may I go to the I really prefer being uh, asked, could you do this? Yeah, because same. Because it, yeah. it leaves me to make the next jump to assume that you'd like me to, and it still feels like I'm offering it. Yeah, it's, it's not fuck. being demanded But that's me. exactly that's how... That's the opposite. No, that's how women behave in this, is they offer. Or they want, they want someone to offer. So you're rather telling me... Than, 
actually when I'm emailing... directly requesting. Oh my God, Lena, you're the stereotype. <laughs> you're telling me when I'm emailing Conrad from management, I should say, would you, would you do this? And when I'm emailing Charlie from marketing i should say could you do this <laughs> i don't trust i mean this. we could try it for this a sounds month like what if we see a different a social experiment what's it called yeah. quack quack stuff i have no idea i don't know i don't trust it um, what did you learn lena i learned that change is possible and this book was written in my lifetime which is shocking <laughs> but you know what is hopeful is that this book is now unacceptable that was fast <laughs> <laughs> How great. What are we going to change next? <laughs> yeah. Oh, something that I actually genuinely learned from this, which gives me a little bit of hope, is that couples on the verge of divorce and breakup and just completely broken family, whatever, however they choose to do it through this book, through John Gray seminars, through other means of therapy or just reigniting your love, can continue to have a successful marriage. Yeah, and that's actually I'm just like cool. Like, if you suddenly find that your marriage isn't working out, that doesn't mean it's not. That doesn't mean it's over. Yeah, I definitely like, have that feeling of I liked that. I'm like, mm. and I was, I don't like whatever. This is how you. This is how you rekindled your love through this horrible, horrible book. <laughs> uh, that is, that however aside, you get to the yes, that aside, I'm really glad you found each other again. Yeah. I'd also like to add that a lot of women who read this book at the time, I don't think took it that seriously. Like, my mum is a like self-help book queen. Like how people read queen. Fifty Shades of Grey, yes. out of curiosity. Exactly. Yeah. My mum's a self-help book queen. She really does look up to them and kind of appreciate them. Mm. But she ignored this one on purpose because she thought it sounded like a pile of wank. Yeah. And then, as I was saying earlier about Princess Diaries, aka my favourite series, uh, Meg Cabo completely takes the piss out of this book. Just And she was, when she was writing it, was she a 30-something-year-old woman? Mm. Um, making satirizing it as as a 14 year old girl believing it all yeah so like it really we're assuming or i'm assuming 15 million people bought it but that doesn't mean 15 million people enjoyed it yeah (laughs) oh the dark side of publishing and anyone who just reads it who reads a lot can just be like this is shit like yeah also well if you if you think about it like 50 shades of gray is of our time think of the millions of people that have bought that have you met a single one who said it's a great book I've met people yeah. who really enjoy oh, it. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. I'm from Coventry, ne- Hannah. <laughs> never mind. Yeah, I've met quite a few people. I've been recommended it. My gran read it. I think my oh, grand's read all of them. your gran? If you don't mind me asking. 70-something. Oh, okay. So she's... That's a, my grandparents are 88, 89. If they read it... My granddad once got annoyed because he saw two, two men hug in um, Deal or No Deal. Aww. So I think Fifty Shades is a little bit beyond. <laughs> like, um, okay, shall we end on our new final question? Okay, I came up with a new question for the end. Do you, you want to ask it, Lena? Your yeah. question. I'm really proud of it. I wish I had a pun in it. To be honest. <laughs> um, oh my god! I've also just realised something, guys. I've got the. Uh, you know, I'm not maternal, and I don't really believe in love. But I've got the name for my first child. <gasps> what is it? Gender. No. 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 no, no. We're not Gender letting norms. you. I'm screaming. I'm crying. I'm screaming. You have to leave that in. You have to leave that in. Okay. Oh my god, please make it their middle name. Okay. Okay, sorry. So the last question is and we want to make this regular. Would you have sex with this book? No, I would not have sex with this book. Even if I was drunk, 
still wouldn't have <laughs> How sex. many martinis would it take yeah. for you to have sex with this I, point, Like, <laughs> no. I would not consider. Um, right, I'm going to say something that's actually really controversial. I may ask you to cut it out. Trigger warning as well. Uh, I can imagine being date raped by this book. I can't <laughs> imagine. <laughs> I cannot imagine it's even like, having... You've said no to two of my demands, you yeah, have to say yes exactly, to this one. <laughs> exactly. I can imagine being pressured into sex by this book. Could you not? Oh my god. Like the convoluted way with the points. If I was going to have sex with this book, I'd be lying on my back and thinking of England. <laughs> it would be for procreational reasons only. <laughs> oh my god. It'd be to save a marriage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my god. my god. Do you know what I mean? It's just not a very... Op- it's not a very friendly book, is it? It doesn't... Or maybe it's no. one of those men you meet. Um, John Gray hates women. You, do you know what it is? It's one, of those, it's one of those men who comment on your mildly, mildly feminist Facebook post and say, well, actually, this thing and this thing and this thing. And you're well. like, I didn't want to have an argument this evening. Yeah. Maybe it's that man. That um, one that you then mute on Facebook mm. and delete his friend. Yeah. Good. Or if you did have sex with this book, it would then retreat into its cave and be a fuckboy and never take you back. Or maybe you'd meet him in Cavos. Like, yeah. maybe. Or Benador. Yeah. He probably voted Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> but he's smug about it. He yeah. still thinks it's a good idea. Oh my god. He thinks he thinks women um, uh, have can control their Why periods we... and that they come out of their bladders. I think this question is going to... Anyway, oh I think this has been our funniest podcast. I hope so. I'm going to encourage... read more books we hate. <laughs> I'm encouraging everyone that, that subscribes to me to listen to this. Yeah, um, and don't read the book. No. Yeah, don't read the book. I mean, if you've got Please to this, don't this spend point money in your on podcast, it. Please don't fund the 15 million copies. He doesn't need more money. Sold. He's on his yacht somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did we get to the fact whether he's American or not? Oh, he oh, is American. Yeah. yeah. We knew it. <laughs> Okay, I knew he'd be American. He's from, guess where he's from. Guess the state. Oh, uh, Ohio. No. Illinois. No. Colorado. No. Idaho. No. Oh, he's from Florida. Montana. No, but that's a great guess. He's from Texas. Oh. oh. Could have guessed. Yeah. It. Cheap shot. But you did pretty good ones, though. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio. Wow, we just Florida. really exposed. Also, <laughs> Not only that we don't think that much of America, but which parts we really think very also, little of. one of these other women... <laughs> His first wife, ironically, was a self-help book writer, and she's Barbara DeAngelis. Who's the one that's at the she end wrote, of this book? <gasps> she's advertising this book. Barbara wrote, are you the one for me? Knowing who's right and avoiding who's wrong. No. Oh my God. <laughs> Plot twist. Psych. Psych. Absolute shade. Same publisher and everything. Fuck. Oh my God. So that's his ex-wife, and the knowing oh who's God. wrong is obviously John Gray is wrong. <gasps> Maybe that's got to be on next. That can be like, you remember that single, which is like, don't want you back. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, we're going to Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And they did the... Fuck you, you ho. I don't want you back. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, but with books about self-help relationships. (laughs) Yeah, because there were two songs of that, weren't there? Mm -hmm. That was amazing. Both reached number one. Ugh, so good. Um, well, guys, (laughs) I hope that you enjoyed this podcast as much as we all hated reading this book. (laughs) I love the podcast, though. It gave me something meaty. It's like being in an English class when they give you something really shit. Yeah. (laughs) We should read Boris Johnson's autobiography. <laughs> oh no! I think there's so much sex in we that. We should just like banging book club next year. Should just be like, no. like all oh, the shit. <laughs> Nick Clegg's confession that just came out. <gasps> what? No. He's written a book called Politics. <gasps> no. This was a picture of his face on the front as well. No illustration. <laughs> just literally Nick Clegg's face. 
Right. Out in hardback now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thanks for listening, dear listeners. Next month we're reading Lolita. I'm well excited about it. Vlad Vladimir Nechobodakov. <laughs> <laughs> that was not meant to be racist. <laughs> you sound like you're from Mars. Or maybe Venus. <laughs> I think you know which Bye. one. Bye <laughs> Vladimir Nabokov. Sorry. <laughs> um yeah, so that's next month's read. And um, last month we did a poll on Twitter of December's read. And the winner is... <laughs> How to Build a Girl by Catelyn Moran. Woo! <laughs> so that is what we'll be reading in December. And then before the end of the year, we will be announcing like next year's reading list and shenanigans and yeah. all of that good stuff. But you guys gave us loads of really good ideas from all the stuff you suggested for December. So we'll be carrying some of those yeah, we'll yeah. some really good we'll be taking those so, on board yeah. and obviously if you have any more please comment on our video on the next couple of videos and hit us up hit us up on twitter hashtag banging book club if you make a video response to this I can add it to the playlist and um, I'm gonna burp Uh-oh. there we go wow oh, so feminine <laughs> <laughs> maybe you really are a Martian Hannah <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was my favourite book I read last year, The Martian. I really, I, I love the film. I love it. Anyway, if only they were all like Matt Damon. <laughs> all the Martians. All of the Martians. <laughs> oh my God, is that why he's on his own? Like alone in his man cave on a Martian? <gasps> it would be clever though, wouldn't it? God, Pretty sure that's not how Venetians it happened. That he goes yeah, where's saves. the sequel? Oh <laughs> the, God. The Vin- he does build a spaceship. He builds a spaceship, doesn't he? Yeah, he does Sorry, build spoiler. a spaceship. Sorry, <laughs> spoiler. Jeez, <laughs> he's lifted from his depression once he like lifted anyway um, lifted. I don't remember that song no lifted Lighthouse Family oh my god <laughs> don't forget to give us a little review on iTunes yeah and subscribe to our podcast mm-hmm. that would be great yeah we like it when you like us <laughs> alright or hate us leave a terrible <laughs> review please don't we just want to provoke a reaction really yeah. we're like small 14 year old children yeah <laughs> Mind if it's love or hate. We just want, we just want to be seen. Okay. How do we normally end these? I don't know. We need like an ending, don't we? Yeah, guys. We should like song of the day. We should have an outro where we sing a song about sex. Oh, I think we should just be like Like masturbation song. Goodbye, guys. See you next month. Yeah, we love you lots. Lol. Thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next month. Enjoy reading. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 